0: When they say, I have cancer, I go, well, that's shitty news. And they look at me and say, thank you for saying yeah. that, because everybody's saying, oh, don't worry about it, you'll be fine. It's like the common cold. It's like really stupid things, because right. nobody knows what to say. It's scary.
1: Hello, I'm Ed Begley Jr. I'm willing to do anything to help the planet. I think getting a lead Platinum Certification is better than getting a winning lottery ticket. I think my family showers should be timed, and I love my wife.
2: I'm Rochelle Carson Begley, and at least my showers are shorter than the time it takes to actually heat up the water. And I love Ed.
1: On this episode of Begley Ask, a very dear friend, actress and cancer activist Nancy Allen joins us to talk about making a career change later in life, a career change that really worked out for the better for herself and countless others. And
2: the planet as a whole.
1: Hello, everybody. You're listening to another episode of Begley Ask. As always, we want to thank you guys for downloading our episodes, continuing to support the show.
2: Our dear friend, actress, and cancer activist Nancy Allen is here today to talk to us about how she's changing the world. But first, we want to share some very kind things you've said about the show.
1: Garen emailed us and said, Hi, Ed and Rochelle. I was a really big fan of your TV show. I still don't understand why it was not continuing.
2: Me either. Okay, go ahead.
1: Anyway, it's great hearing both of you, and you are an inspiration to more people than you will ever know. Thank you so much, Garen. Well, Garen, thank you for being part of our community after all these years.
2: He's not part of our family, like really part of our I mean, he's not a cousin of yours or something, is he?
1: Well, uh, I don't know that. I don't know Garen, honey, uh, personally, Garin. but okay, I know then him now. Okay, maybe
2: it's true. Maybe we did have an impact. Okay, if you've got something you want to share with us, whether it's a question, a comment, or maybe a story mm-hmm. about how you're making a difference... We want to know. So email us at Begleyesque, that is B-E-G-L-E-Y-E-S-Q-U-E, at gmail.com, or find us on Facebook and Twitter at Begleyesque.
1: Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts and share this show with all your friends. We're very thankful that you're helping to build a community that's inspiring and enlightening others to improve our planet and our own lives. Today, we are finally sitting down with our longtime friend, actress, big public health advocate, Nancy Allen. You probably know her from fantastic films such as Carrie, Robocop, Dress to Kill. She is also the executive director of We Spark, a group that we love, right, Rochelle? We sure do. A support center that provides free services to all the lives affected by cancer. Wonderful organization raising awareness for a very important cause. So we're excited to learn more about that. Nancy, thank you for coming.
2: Thank you. No, I'm just gonna do a, a little intro myself because I can't even do it with a straight. I can't even look at you. I mean, she's so beautiful. It's just, it's just blinding. Anyway, Nancy and You've I have been friends a long time. Thirty one, a little yep. over. So you're both teenagers. Almost thirty two. Yeah, we were in diapers, and um, <laughs> well, I was a toddler. Yeah, <laughs> and we, I have not only. We're speaking of RoboCop. I was on the set of RoboCop with Nancy in Manesson, Pennsylvania of all places that was a lovely steel mill I have also been her understudy and uh, I know and she's still speaking to me, did I do a little <laughs> bit of all about Eve kind of thing happening on that one Didn't I think I? you did
1: honey, my memory is that you did <laughs> I was That's an understudy
2: in by um, well, your it? own
1: description of the I events, know. it was pretty much what all about What was it? Well,
2: we draw, dial in for murder. Mm-hmm. Dial, dial in in. for murder. And we're still talking. And then, you know, <laughs> we're very, you know, dear friends. I think sister is more like it. Yeah. Finally got her to agree to come to my house and do this podcast now. Well, no,
0: well, it's great to be here. And you are. You're the little sister I never had. I uh, see. So oh, that's It's true. It's really true. Nice. And uh, we did survive that. And uh, yeah. In fact, with such a small group of people, it was actually amazing. We were the only two people who had a little discrepancy at some point. I know. But we sorted it out pretty
2: quickly. You mean talking about the the, the play that we went on tour for almost a a year. No, about seven months. Seven months. Mm-hmm. It's a long time. We used to we, be on the road. We actually toured the malls of America. Yeah, debated whether or not we could put a book together about <laughs> the malls. We shopped every day in every mall imaginable. Living in
0: California, we're traveling through the, the Midwest and the and the East, and we bought boots and coats and yeah. sweaters and I scarves,
2: know. things that would be so useful when we got back to California. Because you would never warm the whole road
1: trip, right? Well, we
2: did go. We did the northern tour, so it was Minnesota green bay some real garden spots yeah, yeah some it was <laughs> green bay eve's supper club that's right baby <laughs> monday night steak night i wish
1: i'd come to visit you there. Yeah, I should have well, come to see the you play. You were
2: changing your phone number on me at that time, but that is a whole nother show. That's true. I what do you do forgetting. when you have a stalker?
1: <laughs> you marry her. That's what you do. You start by changing the number, then you marry her.
2: I thought, maybe I should go on the road. Nancy just happened to get this job, and I'm like, can I be your understudy? I need to get out of town. <laughs> yeah, the rest is history, but that is a completely, I digress, I digress. So we're going to talk about you and your, I mean, the first time I met Nancy, you know, I was like, oh my God, she's a moon movie star, you know, and I wanted to be her. That time you were pretty soon, you had just come back out to LA because you had been here before. And um, you were acting all the time. Your career started, uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about your illustrious career. And you were in commercials first, but then you're, I love that, the, how you got your big break. Tell me how you got your break. Uncarry. Uncarry.
0: Okay. So I did commercials for 10 years in New York and I Woke up one day, and I said, okay, there's nothing left for me to sell. I've sold everything, (laughs) and I wanted to uh, see if I could pursue a film career. I'd had a little taste of one with a teeny, tiny little part in the last detail.
2: With your friend Which is uh, a whole
0: other story. Yeah, with Jack Nicholson. um, So I came out here, and I had the, the names of five agents, and my manager supposedly had set everything up, and the first agent I called, you'll appreciate this out of the five one of them was a woman i thought i'm gonna call the woman first yeah i called her and she asked me how old i was and i told her i was 25 and she said oh you're way too old oh you're way too old forget it go back to new york oh you're not worth the time of my investment and i no, was like she
2: didn't say that she we said know? that to me who Joan is Joan scott Joan scott <laughs> i love telling she's still alive I no don't i don't think so she liked boys yeah she liked boys so didn't she have apa or something
0: uh, no, she had her own. It was the Joan Scott agency. Oh, she wow. was her own deal. Okay. So anyway, I got here in September, and I had did get an agent, and he never sent me out. And I thought, well, what's going on? I don't you need pictures? Is no, I'm out in the field talking about
2: you. <laughs> I'm, getting, des- I'm describing you to you. them.
0: Exactly. <laughs> and so I joined what was then the Beverly Hills Health Club for Women, because I had nothing else to do. And I had decided after two months, it was the beginning of November, this is it, I'm done. This is taking way too long for my career to get Uh launched. I'm going back. And I needed to make money. So I planned to go back to New York after Thanksgiving. So I'm in the steam room, you know, contemplating all things important to me. And as I come out, I hear, Nancy? Is that Nancy Allen? And I go, yes, with the towel wrapped around yeah. me. And I went, oh, my God, is that Harriet? Harriet Helberg, who had been a casting director at Horn Griner. Big commercial. I know
1: Harriet. Married to Sandy, yes, of course.
0: Yes, yes. And she's, she's fabulous, she's right? She's wonderful. Yeah, very loving. She said, you know, I'm casting a movie. Uh, who's your agent? I told her. She says, oh, I called him. He said, he didn't have anybody. <laughs> That's <laughs> funny. <fine.
1: laughs> That's funny. <fine. laughs>
0: he was busy talking about me somewhere yeah, else, yeah. I guess. Hollywood. So she said, look, it's the last day of casting tomorrow. You won't get the part, but at least you'll get to read for something. Pick up the script over in Culver City, and you'll meet a new up- up-and-coming director. And I went, oh, okay. So excited. Went home, wrote a biography of the character, read the script, <laughs> made all kinds of notes, and Went in, I was the last person of the last day to read, and the director came down. For some reason, I'd done commercials for so long. I just assumed that you graduated, directors graduated from commercials, that they were probably really old. So this young man walks down the (laughs) stairs, thinking, hmm, that's interesting, and read. He laughed. I thought, oh, I guess he liked what I did. Mm -hmm. Went home, didn't give it another thought. By the time I got home, there was a message saying, we're going to screen test you. And that was for the lead in Carrie, right? Well, it wasn't for Carrie. It was for the leading role of Chris Hargenson, which I ultimately played. A lot of people think they said, "Oh, you tested for Carrie." Never tested for that role. Oh, so only Chris... two women casted for that. Sissy was one of them, who was told, "You're never getting this part." Uh, so Sissy did come in. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, so I ended up going, I rehearsed with, there were two actors t- testing for each role. One of them was available, Michael Talbot. We rehearsed together, and, uh, and we were told when we got there that everybody was going to act and be tested with everybody else. So I first tested with him. It was great. And I thought, oh, this is great. And then here's the next actor walking, and I go, oh, my God, who is this guy? He's definitely getting the part. That was John Travolta. Really? And I thought, Shit. It's not, I'm not going to get it because he probably rehearsed with the other actress. So he sat down. There was immediate chemistry between us. Immediate chemistry. And uh, it was really wonderful. And uh, a few three, three days later, Harriet calls me whispering, they're looking at the test. You're going to get the part. They love you. And I'm going, oh, my God, oh, my God. So I call my mother, tell her, next morning I'm going to go to breakfast, have a champagne breakfast. The phone rings, and it's Harriet going... Hi. Um, so they're going to look at other actors in New York. <laughs> and I, they really, the producer doesn't think you look mean enough, and I sat if my mouth came, but I already told my mother. <laughs> like, are you going to call her? <laughs> you know? So anyway, two months went by, and you know it was two months later that they, I actually was called in again. I read with Amy Irving, and I was cast. It was sort of like exciting, and but at
2: the same time, like oh, okay. Yeah, you know, a little at, at yeah, that yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, wow. I mean, that's not a Schwab story. It's a what became the sports connection, right? That's yes, the, that's the that's place right. on on uh, Santa Monica in West Hollywood. For
1: people that don't know, there yeah. was a drugstore in L.A. for years in Hollywood called Schwab's, and Lana Turner, an actress, a lot of people probably don't even remember right. these days, but she was a big star. Lana Turner. She got discovered seated at the counter at Schwab's drug, Drugstore. Some casting agent, director, producer came in and went, you're perfect for this part. Come by and pick up a script. Yeah. And that's how that happened. Well, that's sort of similar is to a, what happened with you.
0: Yeah. Well, I, actually, when I first came out here, I had a friend living out here from New York, and I'd come out and visit her once a year, like in the early 70s. And i was always go to Schwab's, thinking, well, Hol maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I had an agent
1: for years, and Bruno Kirby had the same agent. I got the agent through Bruno Kirby. His name was Ray Rappa. And he represented Bruno for many years through The Godfather Part Two and many wow. other movies and Cinderella Liberty and lots of important movies that Bruno did. He got through Ray. Ray had no office. He, he had no a, office? No. His office was the payphone <laughs> at Schwab's. There were no cell phones back then. He would be there booking me and Bruno. I would see it happen, taking calls and what have you. Call me back at this number. Oh 213 984 And he would, he, he would do all his work out of Schwab's.
2: That's a character. The a savvy businessman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Indeed, indeed, Cut down on cost. Absolutely. A little bit, something else happened out of getting your big break, right? So yeah. you ended up like... Uh... I met my first ex-husband. Yes. <laughs> she
0: did. <laughs> yes, I
2: did. Yeah. You no, know, I,
0: <laughs> I uh, did meet my first husband on that. Uh, the wonderful
1: Brian De Palma.
0: Yes. The, well... Well, it's a relative you. term. No. <laughs> Wonderfully talented Brian DeValma. He is that. Uh, and he was wonderful at first. Um, yeah. and as, they you are, as they are, as they are. Well, you know, you're yeah. going through it
2: with Ed now. Yeah, I, exactly. 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 Except he's never cast me in anything. I've cast him.
1: NYPD Blue, oh, countless right. things, living with Ed. I didn't want to give you that oh, part. Oh, my
2: God. I will I saw I will several other people for the part of my wife. You. And <laughs> finally, just to keep
1: peace in the household, I gave you that part. I threw you a bone.
2: Okay, they came to me. They didn't go to Ed. Okay, so let's get this record straight. Do you think Minor Ed will detail. do it? A- detail. I said, no way in hell will he ever do that show. I'll it was do a anything, reality show. as you know, but he'll never do it. And I basically guilted him into it. And uh, you know, It was the- a fabulous show. Thank you. I love that show. Thank you. And this podcast is... My idea. So there we are. The, the history is... All the good ideas are hers. <laughs> but anyway, so you, out of that, you went on to... Uh, you did Carrie, and then... And well, then... we did, after that, we did Dress to
0: Kill together. A few years later, because I did stuff with other people in the interim, but we did... Uh, oh, we did home movies, Dress to Kill, then Blowout, and actually, I died in Blowout. That should have been the tip-off. <laughs> there was divorce papers for the final... What do you call it? Yeah, uh, and, next.
2: Yes, yes, mm. well... Listen, you know, I've watched you your career and I've seen an amazing thing happened uh, for you, you know, when when as all women in this business get older, the roles start to diminish. Mm-hmm. They, they they dry up because God forbid we age on screen. Right. It just doesn't happen. It's happening more, but it's not still it's not mm-hmm. equitable with what men can do. But you really took your Actually, you want to tell us how, how it all changed for you? Well,
0: yeah. I mean, you know, after I did Robocop, which is a bunch of years later, and I thought, this is great because now I was in my mid 30s, and, uh, you know, it's this very different kind of role, thinking this would really kind of boost my career at that point. I was pretty young, 36
2: years old. I think old. it's extremely young. <laughs> but the
0: almost the opposite happened. People looked at it and thought, what is she doing? You know, it's like, the hair, the weight, and, like, all of that stuff was very f- strange for people that I wasn't doing more gla- something more glamorous. So it didn't do what I expected it to do. And what I did was find that the roles were not as interesting, uh, the scripts were not as good, and I found myself really going to work, just being a little soldier and going to work. And I think I'd been spoiled, really, uh, having all those wonderful directors that I'd worked with and great projects, and now not so much. So... Uh, the passion that I had initially was diminishing. It was just really like, okay, you have to go to work. Um, And I thought, well, I have no education. I have no skills. What the hell is going (laughs) to happen to me? You know, is it shopping cart time? What's happening here? Uh, I guess I could put the house on the market. And um, I literally uh, was talking to, I was kind of involved with the Church of Religious Science, not to be confused with Scientology. It's Science of Mind. It's a Kind of positive. It's a spiritual. Thinking. Yeah. It's a spiritual it's and positive thinking. Yeah. As you think it, this is what you produce. Right. And I spoke to this minister there and I said, I have nothing. I have no skills. <laughs> I have nothing. I'm a mess. He said, That's not true. You have unique gifts, talents, and abilities, like every person does, and we're all here for a purpose. And you know, thank God. Just do a prayer thing saying thank you, thank you every day for this and and I don't know how long after I did this incessantly because I was getting more and more desperate. I actually got a call from a close friend of mine who had been through cancer and she called and said, Oh, I'm going to, uh, I need you as a celebrity golfer to, uh, help me raise money, and I said, okay, I play a little and that golf. Was up near when-
1: Santa Barbara, that one up the, that right. golf course? That's
2: right. The we Glenn came Annie. too, that's right. But yeah. that was, this is after that, it was, that was Wendy Jo Sperber you had done mm-hmm. a film with, well, right? Well, we had done uh,
0: I Want to Hold Your Hand uh, with Robert Zemeckis, it was his first film, and then we did uh, Steven Spielberg's 1941 and that was like anyone who saw or survived that was going <laughs> to survive anything because it was the longest shoot I could imagine. Six months. Wow. started out as 14 Nice. Weeks. Cha-ching. Yeah. Okay. It, th- that's what the crew was saying. Yeah, they we're on it for a year. <laughs> um, I said, yeah, I played a little golf. I'll play. So I did that thinking, okay, fine. That was fun. And about six months later, she called me and she said, I found a place and you've got to come over. I'm thinking, I don't really know what she was talking about. I meet her on at this place, the storefront on... Ventura, Ventura, thank you. Ventura Mm -hmm. Boulevard. It is that age where things like, what is that word? What is that? (laughs) Hmm. And uh, it was this dingy kind of place. And I look at her and she's looking around and she said, Isn't it beautiful? I'm thinking, What on earth is she seeing Mm -hmm. that I'm not seeing? So she said, can you help me? And I said, well, help you with what? And she said, well, you're into kind of the woo-woo stuff, (laughs) meaning alternative practices, yoga being one of them at that time. This was like in, in 2000 and, and, uh, hypnotherapy and energy work and all of these sort of integrative modalities for, for healing practices. And I said, well, you know, I can help you maybe, you know, hour a week. And it was a voluntary basis. And then about, Six months later, she says, well, we can pay you $10 an hour. But what
2: she was doing was putting together a cancer support center.
0: What she wanted to do, thank you, what she was getting ready to do, when she went through the process of having cancer, she said, okay, this isn't just affecting me, it's affecting my kids, it's affecting my parents. My friends are going crazy. My boyfriend just left me. Nobody knew what to do. So until then, the only support that was offered in this environment of cancer was for the the cancer patient, and the hands-on caregiver. And that was it. So she said, nope, I want it for everybody, and I want it to be free. And everyone said to her, oh, no, no, you can't free. Do that. Yeah, exactly. Free. There's no way you can do that and maintain it. So we started, and I found myself kind of leaving and going home and feeling really great and coming up with ideas for programming and drumming circles and all this stuff. And and so they started paying me $10 an hour. And I thought, okay, this is the end of my <laughs> life as I know it. You know, ah. No shopping in Bloomingdale's anymore, right, right. let alone Rodeo Drive. And, uh, it, but then she dubbed me the creative program director, which was a title that really didn't exist, but that was it. That was in 2001, and here we are uh, 16 years later. And I've been the executive director for the last five, six years, seven years, whatever. Seven years, I think it's been. And uh, unfortunately, we lost Wendy in uh, 2005. She didn't make it with uh, her diagnosis. But um, What a legacy she left, though. Uh, it's amazing. And, you know, we
2: service about 1,000 people a year, 40 programs, 50 programs a week. You service me. My, my mother uh, had cancer. My father had cancer. My brother-in-law had cancer. I am a member mm-hmm. of WeSpark.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: And, yeah. you know it's uh my sister just got diagnosed in august so i mean it, that's what we're all looking at uh the cancer is on the rise as we know so yeah, um, i've had
0: a lot of friends close friends walk in the door whether they're diagnosed with cancer or someone
2: mm-hmm. close to
0: them and I, every time i see them i go oh god what are you doing here and when they say i have cancer i go well that's shitty news and they look at me and say Thank you for saying yeah. that because everybody's saying, oh, don't worry about it. You'll be fine. It's like the common cold. It's like really stupid things. Right. Nobody knows what to say. It's scary. But at least they're there and at least they have this support and can hopefully lessen some of the anxiety and fear that goes along with it for everybody. And,
2: and it and really it. is free. They go into support groups. They can have qigong. They can have yoga, acupuncture therapy, um, talk to a nurse practitioner.
0: True. And actually, everything was originally just like, oh, come in. It's a menu. Try whatever you like. Right. Now we look at it as a wraparound service. We have something that's called Navigating Health Through Wellness. And what we do is we propose, use it in this way, and you will get a greater benefit. So make that suggestion, and we show them what that looks like. Before they leave, they have an appointment with a nurse navigator, with a nutritionist, with you know, all the individual services and are assigned to a support group. So they don't have to figure anything out. It's mapped out for them. And, and at that point, it's helpful because they don't know what they're doing. No. It's just terrifying. All and of
1: it. even though you offer all these services for free, if somebody comes in and has any, sorts of, any sort of resources at all, they've had a good experience, they might want to donate something, you know. Uh, Or come to the fundraiser. You have fundraisers every year, more than one, right? We do.
0: And, you know, I like to not put any pressure on anyone. Exactly. Initially, they come in, oh, it's free. Well, let me do something. And you're like, no, wait. You know, wait. There's a time when you'll be able to give back if you choose to, if you want to. But we do. I mean, we operate... Through the generosity of individual donors, mm-hmm. through a lot of fundraising, really fun fundraising events, as you guys know. Been You've many. been to many of them. Yes, I don't think and, uh, I missed. Uh, maybe one. Grants and yeah. uh, like that. So, And we have one major donor uh, from the Sperber family. And so even through the downturn, we have never had to cancel a program. So it's kind of magical. That That's is amazing. Mm-hmm. It's still
2: mm-hmm. there, located on Ventura Boulevard yes. in Sherman Oaks. Mm-hmm. And it's really, it's it can service, you know, the whole greater Los Angeles area, but it's pretty much the valley. And weren't you going to do something online? Are you still well, thinking? Well, we're doing live
0: streaming right now. We just started. We just launched that, which is so for people who either can't come, who are either housebound or a caregiver or a patient, or for people, we get calls from all over the country mm, looking wow. for services like ours. And we do. And Actually, just to say, we have people coming from... I know it seems like a long wave at the other side of the hill yeah. from Los Angeles, from downtown LA, from uh, the West Valley. You'd be surprised. People make it. They make their way here just for these services.
2: Are you seeing... I mean, you've been in it for the last 17 years. Are you seeing the rise in cancer? It sure feels like it to me. Is it just because we're getting older and more people get it when you get older? What do you think? What's your feeling there?
0: Well, we have a lot of young people. 70,000 a year are diagnosed who are young adults. Uh, But yeah, it seems like there is just all the time, every day, there's more and more people coming in. It does seem like more from when we first opened. And is that because there is more? Or is it because we're just servicing more people? I don't really know. The good news, sort of good news, bad news, the good news is that... They've managed a lot of these cancers so that they become either chronic, like a chronic illness. Like, for instance, which ones? Well, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, which my father died of, is managed like a chronic illness today. Mm. And, um, of course, I'm not going to be able to think of it now. Breast cancer is. Well, breast cancer, it all depends on the tumor and the diagnosis. The other good news is that there are a lot of new uh, treatments that are not necessarily... Uh, chemotherapy and radiation, a lot of immune immune therapy. And I, I always suggest to people, we have no opinion on what anybody chooses. We support whatever your choice is. But really do the homework because there's a lot of things that are going on out there in other countries that are actually working. And it just hasn't been approved here yet, so you got to do that. Do you have any, for
2: instance, like in Germany, probably? In
0: Germany, a gentleman right now—he has a blog. His name is Bobby Tessel. In fact, he performed at the last comedy show that we did. He had bladder cancer. Mm. It's in theory cured. He went there, and there's no sign of any. Do you know the treatment he had? Uh, No, but you can read about it online. Oh, he's a blog. Actually, there's a really interesting link. I'll get it to you guys, and you can pass it on. That'd be great. So it's you know, you hear cancer, and you think, oh, I'm going to die. Not necessarily so. Yeah. You know, just, you know, if you can get someone an advocate, a nurse navigator like we have, someone to help you research and do the homework. Uh, There are many choices out there. Now, do
2: you provide, because people that come to your you know, to WeSpark, if they're family, then they're genetically potentially have cancers, will have a cancer in their life. I mean, my family is riddled with it. So how do I prevent it in my own life? Do you talk about prevention, you know?
0: Well, I think that's a key, that's the key topic. Two major oncologists now, when you ask them, they, they're from, uh, I think it was MD Anderson and uh, maybe the Cleveland Clinic. But basically, what's going to help this epidemic of cancer. Prevention is the, is the deal. Certainly nutrition and health and well-being and all of that. But I can't tell you how many people have come in. I exercise. I eat everything right. I do everything I'm supposed to do. How could I possibly have cancer? So this comes back. I look at both of you. What's going on in the environment?
2: Right. Absolutely. That we have no
0: control over Right. And now we
2: have even less control over. It. Well, they in
1: certainly our air, are and our water. Yeah. It's true. yeah.
2: They are certainly uh, scientifically making links between, you know,
1: cancer air, yeah. clusters and people Absolutely. have a lot of pesticides, herbicides, fungicides in the groundwater and but even solvents, affluent people yeah. who <laughs> were
2: doing uh, who could afford dry cleaning. Right. You know, they would get their clothes dry cleaned all the time. Oh, I'm gonna dry clean my blue jeans. Who dry cleans their blue jeans? Anyway, they my boyfriend. Weird. Yeah, exactly. Well, tell, him <laughs> I, to stop. I don't. tell him to stop. Because they're wearing those clothes twelve hours a day and it's in the fiber, the percorethylene. Now they don't use perk, but they use things that are as equally as bad, I think. You know, the long term on it, you know, no one knows. But why not if you have choices Make better choices. You have to get the information, One Definitely. Mm-hmm. Uh, my personal belief is that stress
0: is one of the worst things in our life, and it is the, the one thing that can cause any kind of dis right. in the body, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, physically. So I think in the environment that we live in, you know, political, how fast things move, the pressure of of perfection in every area because everyone's watching everything you do. Managing that stress and learning to just breathe, that I think is so important in every way, yeah.
1: Nancy, let me ask you, when somebody has cancer that you know, people I know, people out there listening know, what should you tell them about getting help? Not just the kind of help you're going to get from doctors, the medical help, but getting that other kind of help, what would you recommend to them?
0: Well, as a friend, I think the first, t- first thing you just say is really the truth. I'm so sorry to hear that. that are you, how do you feel? Are you scared? I mean, you give them that space uh, to have their feelings, to express what it is that, that's going on with them, if, they, if they're even able to do that. And then you can ask them, are you going to get some support? There's a lot of them, let them inform them. If you know of something that's out there where they can get help, inform them, inform them about support, about getting information. You know they have a right to ask questions about what's what's posed to them by the medical community, and really to get help and support because it is it takes, it really does take, No one should have to go through it alone, and I don't think anyone can uh, go through it alone. But as a friend, you just let them know your true feelings. I'm sorry to hear that. Is there anything I can do to help? I'm here for you. If you need to talk.
1: And if they want that kind of support group help, you could probably advise them, type in support group yes. uh, Indianapolis, support group Duluth, yes. and you'll probably come up with a place, a local place that's helping such people, right? It,
0: you, absolutely. And you can also ask the um, social workers at any hospital that you're involved right. with. And uh, generally the nurses or the re- receptionists. doctors are not as informed about all of that other stuff outside of the medical, but yes, now with, with the internet, it's infinite possibilities.
2: I would imagine, I don't know if there's any statistics on it um, in terms of people who do get, to su- who get support and those who don't, whether, who fares better. I don't know. Do you know, have, have any idea statistically on that? Uh, there, those statistics are there. I
0: don't have them at the tip of my tongue, but I do know what happens when people come in for support uh, initially. They do much better physically, emotionally, and mentally. Uh, I've seen people come in a few years after they've been through the cancer experience I don't know what's wrong with me. I can't function. Because it's kind of like any loss. There's a, there's a loss yeah. of self. Life as you know it is, is vanished. So you have to deal with the grief around that and look for, I hate this expression, but the new normal. What is life today and how do I do it? So they come in trying to figure out why they're in such a this this spin and as anyone knows you guys know because you're really both you know uh, seekers if you stuff your feelings and you think well that'll be i'm okay oh i'm okay i don't have to deal with that it's going to come out somewhere
1: yeah it's like steam pressure you can bottle it up here that's going to leak somewhere else Mm -hmm. in the plumbing
2: exactly Exactly. Right. That's why I'm very forthcoming with all of my criticism of Ed on and a I daily I, basis. And I you don't want to keep that, that bottled up. Nope, don't want to. Get it out. It's better for yeah. me.
1: <laughs> I never loved you, you bald, out-of-work old man. Something like that, ultimately. You're, first of all, you're being honest. Number two, it might help me change Ex- what I can. And I am not going to from sick you,
2: from your... From your <laughs> She's so Your inadequacy. There
0: you go. Look at how loving she is. I have to tell you, I admire you. I admire this marriage. I want one just like
2: this. Really? It. So, so. No, no. Bite your tongue. <laughs> cancel, cancel, cancel.
1: I'm having a good time. Yeah. That's all I no, say. It's
2: good. It's all good. We're still here. You good. guys are very... You
0: attract. There's a lot of joy here. You guys are funny and yeah. funny together. Joy, she probably.
1: still amuses me. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I amuse you.
1: Anyway. Now, it's called WE SPARK. Is, a, is a SPARK an acronym for something? S P A? ARK.
0: It is. It's support, prevention, acceptance, recovery, and knowledge.
1: That's lovely. Wow.
0: You know, I never. I know you've
2: told me that over the years, but I just forgot. So so say it again
1: right now. You just heard it, honey. Why don't you recite them right now? We spark. spark. No, what it stands for. I've heard over the years, but now you (laughs) just heard it a few seconds ago.
2: What is it? We support. We support. We prevent. We prevent. And accept. we accept. And I'm accepting we recover. We recover. recover. And, and knowledge. And there's knowledge. See, there that could be for anything, right? Yeah. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yes. Definitely. Uh, you know, okay, so speaking of the climate of today and our what's going on in um politically, which you I want to get into a political conversation. Unpolitically? Yeah, whatever. You heard you understand what I meant. Um <laughs> You know, there was something about robots the other day on television and
1: there was a piece though, I saw it myself it on. Robots?
2: Robos? Robo- about I mean, robots.
1: That's correct. Robotic about, devices and.
2: But when this was this script RoboCop was written was in the late '80s, mm-hmm. and so that's thirty so was thirty years Almost ago. Almost thirty. Yeah, yeah. Right. and where we're at is a as in society, and you know about. Robots doing all these things, but then eventually becoming the cops. I mean, we. I don't know where I'm going with. this. Well, it's not
0: only that, though, but also it's the uh, politically looking at the corporations. Right, and the fact, that's, that's the, the corporations point. The there co- you go. That was the, it. Nancy police, helped extract. And, uh, it. Yes. yes, and uh, and that's what we're looking at. I mean, it's really getting yeah. kind of crazy. I, I also think of rollerball, which was they sang, and if you remember, right. the, the corporate rather than the you know the pledge of allegiance or. What's the song that we sing?
1: National anthem.
0: <laughs> I don't see it takes a village. When you get a certain age, it takes a village. It takes. A, so they sang the, the corporate theme, but there right. was a lot of stuff in RoboCop that did was very prophetic. Certainly, prophetic. there was GPS. It didn't exist at that time. Now there's
2: GPS, and you know just all the political, uh, really all the political. That we uh, we never thought yeah. we were going to live in that era per se. But, no, no, you know, and then one of your friends who was in RoboCop, Miguel Ferrari. He just passed from cancer. Yes, we love.
1: Miguel, yeah. what a wonderful actor he was. He was yeah. incredible su- in that. Sweet guy. Mm-hmm.
2: Sweet guy. And so, you know, unfortunately, passed recently from cancer. Uh, it is, um, you and know... Bruno, Bruno, too. Bruno, friend. our
1: very Bruno Kirby, good friend. Bruno. Our dear friend, Bruno Kirby.
2: And then we have friends who are living with cancer. Well, that's, that's it. That's it. And
0: you can. That's why it, there are things that... Diseases which are chronic and they come and they go and you can you can maintain a lifestyle. The thing that is always tricky is the side effects
2: from the treatment. Right. The it, cancer doesn't kill you, the side effects of the treatment hopefully might, and you know. with the immune therapies and mm-hmm. the um, I don't know about stem cells, but if there's side effects from that, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But but um just initially i think going through that trance yeah you have to yeah. take your immune system down to right. nothing that's and then, right and then you rally the body rallies and you know right. comes back so but um yeah if you can survive that listen i mean i if we can survive i'm looking at ed this marriage no i'm kidding <laughs> i know i know please don't say the name because i'll become violently ill Oh, if we yeah. Survive, yeah. yeah. If we can survive Yeah, if we can survive that. We need more of this coming together, supporting one another, mm-hmm. you know, because this too shall pass and we will all learn from it. And, you know, I have to say, Nancy, um, you know, I'm not going to get verklempt here, but uh, you have been a shining light in my life. Mm. And
1: on the sidelines i would agree it's my observation you've always brought her a lot of wisdom and joy no oh, yeah. well, and that's what we okay. do Thank i you. mean we sh-
2: we show up for each other yeah. and community and that's you mm-hmm. know that's the whether it be in the acting community which is can be good and it can be backstabbing and we all those things but mm-hmm. you know friends and people you trust in a in a place like hollywood which is a wonderful on many way we- and many levels and Uh, It's the best and the worst of everything, don't you think? Well, I do. I do think it is, and it is a community, and we are like the entertainment business,
0: like Vegas. You know, it's my number coming up. There's that (laughs) element of it, it which, of course, like the old shipwreck thing, it's like we're all in this together and support one another and then sometimes get a little crazy. Well, why her and not me? And, you know, we go through all that, but at the end of the day, and certainly that, that bit of wisdom I think comes with life experience and there is something to getting older and knowing what really matters are your friendships right and that's what you have and uh you know your friendships have been really important to me I don't I've lost my family so my friends are my family and yeah. you can recreate and find the perfect family that way <laughs> eliminate your own and find new characters and ultimately have that
2: same <laughs> crazy dynamic of right. your own family can you imagine living maybe 40 50 years ago like in because we just watched that series feud with uh, oh yeah with Betty oh. Davis and and Joan, uh, Crawford. and Joan Crawford and I don't know that any either of them were going to go out and you know be the Executive director of a cancer support center, but wouldn't it have helped them in the later life? I mean, it really. Well, w- yeah. I mean, I. What I the take? There's so many takeaways from that. I love that uh, Joan Crawford, who knew
0: that she found that book. Uh, oh, Whenever Having a Baby ha- Jan- had, Yeah, yeah. Who knew? I mean, that was very. She's pro, not going to get credit for very it. Very pro. No, and she didn't until they made this movie. But our buddy Roddy McDowell. I don't know if you yeah. remember the stories he told about those. Uh, who knows if this is true or not?
2: Probably, but.
0: Um, Uh, One was uh, that Joan Crawford was working on a movie, and there was a young up-and-coming actress, and you know how it is with posters and billing, and sometimes they would put a box around someone's name because they couldn't give them top billing, and they came and asked her, could this actress have this box around her name? And Joan Crawford nixed it and said no and then years later this actress died <laughs> supposedly according to Rodney McDowell she said well she finally got her box
1: <laughs> <laughs> <No>.
0: <laughs> One story. and then not- the other was uh when uh the assistant to Betty Davis came to her and said oh Miss Davis Miss Crawford has passed away she died and she said just because she's died, it doesn't mean she's changed. You <laughs> know, <laughs> you worked long enough in Hollywood, you know, these
2: stories are either really true or kind of close to being They're, true. But they, yeah, they could be metaphorical. They sound right. They Both of them sound pretty good, pretty <laughs> but right, what God I know. But you have to make it about something more. And yeah. that's what we do. That's sort of the purpose of this podcasts mm-hmm. actually well um, you guys have done so much i mean you really have been
0: leaders uh, and on the forefront certainly you started and ed rochelle you've jumped in completely yeah. and really informing people letting us be making us all become more conscious it's so funny how it just seeps in you don't even necessarily think of it know it but You know, right now I have my whole yard pulled up, and I'm just saying, no, everything has to be drought tolerant. Everything has to be indigenous to California. No, 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 we can't, because I know. You know, I know from from you guys, I've learned I can't do everything because sometimes it is a little bit costly with certain materials. But I do it. You can. You have to just. Meet it where you are. Did and you get that Prius rent? when we first got our Prius? I you sure got Early did. adopter. I sure did. Two thousand one I got my first uh, two thousand two I got my and first. And I gotta give
1: credit where it's due. As you heard here on this very show, the show Living with Ed was in fact Rochelle's idea, and I fought her on it. I didn't want to do it. But after all my speaking engagements prior to that show, all my what green product endorsements, few they, though they may be, when we did the show, then suddenly we had 10 times, 20 times, 100 times more people saying, hey, I got a solar oven like you got and they give you a level of detail about it. You go, they actually did get it. I got a rain barrel because of that show and they give you a level of detail. You knew they got that. So it's very interesting to watch and encouraging Mm -hmm. that because of that show, we reached a lot more people. So a rare thank you, Rochelle Carson. Well, you
2: heard it and you did record that, right? Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) We had a little
1: problem with the equipment. (laughs) We'll we'll catch it as a pickup later, maybe.
2: (laughs) But not well, I mean, that's, so, you know, they need, people need information. When you know better, you do better. Yes. Most you people. Do. You, <laughs> do. you do.
0: You know, I actually had a call from a friend of mine when that show was on the air. She called me and she said, oh. I just, she just got an electrician to get that thing where you flip the switch and everything that you don't want working and burning energy or whatever it's doing there. Oh, yes. Yeah, she got that done from your
2: show. Fantastic.
1: Wow. Is really great. Really
2: Green great.
1: switch, I think Green, ours was
2: yeah. yeah, Yeah, which was in the infant stage. But yes, <laughs> but that, you know, that's life. Life is you think you're on a trajectory and you think it's going to look a certain way and then you, it doesn't. And then you have to take a right or a left and you create something else and then you create... And you know, it's not like oh, you were an actress. Don't you wish you were acting? Now you're doing this. I mean, being you've, of service. You told a me many times thing. you can't even imagine going out and auditioning now if someone gave you a part and be paid hey, there's out they can give her a part
0: yeah i don't know it's a funny thing i yeah. thought about that and you start thinking about okay so i get the part and then you know how it goes you get the part and you think oh do i really have to go do this <laughs> that's the first thing you do unless it's like the perfect circumstances right. and then and it's improv you start thinking you know oh, the days are long and i don't know and is it going to be a location you know at this stage of life Doing what I'm doing kind of fits my life well. You know, I go, I do something, I feel good at the end of the day. I go home to my animals, I see my friends. There's a certain freedom in that. I miss, the only thing I really miss is the actual work of acting, you know. The artistry of it. Yeah, just being in that collaborative environment. There is really... It, it, there's a there's a real magic in that, particularly when you lose yourself into the character and you're there with somebody that you could be someone that you know, and here you are being two different people. That's wonderful. But what I've learned is, there are other ways of being creative, and you know, people have a really hard time understanding that anything having to do with a cancer support center could be creative but it really is and I've always thought that well life is a creative act you know you do your home you're creating you know you put dinner on the table
2: it's a creation well I don't do that
0: marriage look at the creation that's exactly she's acting
1: (laughs) every day she's acting like she cares about me every single day 24 7
2: it's a horror show. But no, you're absolutely right. And you know what? You know, you got lemonade, which, I mean, lemons. Oh, my <laughs> yes. God. Forget the metaphors. You <laughs> then you get lemonade. Then you get, I can't do You did do get it.
1: lemonade. That's exactly what happened. You're trying to turn it into lemons, but it's sweet just the same without any of your interference.
2: Okay. This
0: needs to be filmed. I'm oy sorry. Forget it. These two need a show.
2: <laughs> no, this but, marriage is just going to survive. I know. I I've
1: got a face that was made for radio. That's what they told me. <laughs> no.
2: Well, you know, I mean, I think that what you, the service that you're doing and providing and, you know, that, I think that's really, we. as we get older, I'll speak for myself, we learn to know ourselves. We get to know what works for us. Now, I'm yeah. still in process. You were a little further along on that. You're saying we, I'm way older. No, <laughs> no, not, it's not an age thing. It's but I just, am, it's true. Uh, it's just, uh, you know, what works if, uh, you know, I would imagine going to the same place and having, you know, an office. I mean, you have a big girl office with a, you know, I mean, this is like, we used to play these roles. I played them (laughs) on TV. I've never been that, you know, and then you sort of settle into yourself and go, this is what, this is my life. And I can affect change because that's being an actress. I don't know about you, but certainly for me, it was about affecting people, you know, moving, creating change in some way. And so now you're, you're really doing it on such a A meaningful way, so
0: thank you. No, it does feel good. I'll tell you. Funny, just reminded me of something funny. You know, when you work in film or any any kind of production, you're given a call sheet. It tells you come in at this time, eat at this time, have your breakfast, have your makeup done. Now it's lunchtime. And when (laughs) I started being at We Spark, and they said, "Oh, well, we'd like you to be here 20 hours a week," and I said, "Okay, that's great." And they said to me, "Well, what twenty hours?" I said, "Oh, I don't know. I mean, I'll be here. I'll make sure." it's just "No, no. We need to know what twenty <laughs> hours." I'm like, I don't know what twenty what do you hours. Mean? It's like I don't even know what to wear. What twenty hours I'm gonna be here? It was like, oh, this is a grown-up job. And then I thought, as I signed this, it seemed like forever contract or whatever it was that full-time contract. I thought it terrified me right? because I was used to three months on this, two months on that, six weeks on that. And you could always see the end of the game. And (laughs) they would change
1: occasionally. We thought we'd be done in August. Now we're going to go into September a little bit, but you'll have the rest of July (laughs) off because we moved it back. Things shift and change. This is kind of carved in stone for the most part. It is.
0: And you don't have, it's like you you could be out of work for two months and three months. and You complain about, Oh my God, I'm never going to work again. But it's kind of nice because you have that time. Then you get the job and you go back and this is, it's, it's like school without the vacation <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's like the rest of the world we're just yeah. <laughs> big children but listen you know again um we're in this together you're doing your part where you are we're doing our part but it's all about having a better world it you is you know
0: and, and you two have been such really such great supporters and i can't thank you enough it's happy made to be it's a great world group. to us it really well, has we love and you, you continue to be so and you do it for so many people so, do you so have we, any like
2: interesting fundraisers coming up for WeSpark that people can... we
0: we do we have um, we're going to be doing uh, jazz in the cinema this summer so at the
1: Catalina where at we... the
0: Catalina Club good yeah the uh, Sunset Club.
1: Boulevard in mm-hmm. Hollywood
0: mm-hmm. it's going to be fine July thirtieth and in the fall it'll be our annual. Uh, may contain nuts comedy show they have a fantastic comedy we show. we always have a great, lineup. great uh, lineup we don't have our we don't have a set yet but it's also that's in October October 3rd at the Skirball more more information to come and then at the end of the month uh, last year we screened Carrie and we did it as a prom theme and had everybody either dress in character or come for prom and a thousand people came it was crazy and Where was that? People. that was at the theater at the Ace Hotel downtown and Brian Fuller, who you know is an extraordinary uh, creator, uh, producer, writer, uh, was really into it. And I, as we left the theater, I thought, I don't know. I guess I've pulled out. I did a fundraiser with RoboCop. Now Carrie, I guess I'm out of ideas. And, and, and Jay said to me, my boyfriend said to me, I don't know. Dressed to, to kill, kill. cancer. Ah, great. <laughs> so that we're going to do. That's awesome. It's going to be a huge event, uh, uh, October twenty fifth. Uh, again, a... dress up right around Halloween. So uh, we're gonna I have think fun. I'm too
2: old to even be the Angie Dickinson character, aren't I?
0: No. 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 How
2: old was she in that movie?
0: Um. I
2: think she was around fifty. Okay, yeah, yeah. That, that'll work. Yeah, and <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll be there. That's I'll be for there sure. too, honey. So,
0: Ed, I, you can come as Bobby. Do you remember Bobby? No. no. Bobby was the trench coat. It was the Michael Caine drag. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Oh, good. The trench coat. Happily, the- <laughs> I'll
1: happily fill those oh, shoes. Michael could, Caine, my dear Kane friend.
2: quite as tall as you, but almost. What about Lithgow? Isn't Lithgow in that John one? Lithgow? No, that's He's, Blowout. Oh, I <laughs> can't think of what, what to do with that confused. movie. I don't know. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, that's next. Anyway, where will listeners go if they want to learn more about you and WeSpark? www.wespark.org. Okay, that's it. And do you have a Facebook and all? And Instagram? I have a
0: Facebook. Yeah, we do. I do. There's a We Spark Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I have personal pages too. Dancy. Just Allen search pages. by we Spark. we Spark. Dot org or We Spark Cancer Support Center. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And because there's a West Park something or other, but we are oh, okay. obviously a cancer center. So. Great. Awesome.
1: Thank you guys. Thank so you many. love you. Nancy, love thanks you so too. much for coming on. Yeah, thank you. Nancy, we loved having you with us today. We want to go over some of the most important takeaways from what you said. Number one, get out there and get involved. Do something to help the community. That's what you're doing. There's such great reward, not just for the people you're helping, but for the person that's doing it.
2: In Nancy's case, she was just helping her friend, you know, as a volunteer to start, and it actually turned into a whole new career for her. She was not working as an actress as much as she as she had wanted, and it was sort of not as fulfilling And she just, you know, said, I volunteer with the Wendy Joe and Wendy and it turned into, you know, a 17 year career.
1: The other thing is being able to be open to change, you know, to be able to do that. Some people aren't willing to change. She was willing to try something totally different. You know, as a young man, I wasn't getting a lot of acting work at all. I did like one job and didn't even really get a second one for some time. So I worked as a cameraman. I was happy to do that. Because that's what beckoned. And then it switched gears again, and I became active as an actor. So you've got to be willing to take what comes your what way. What are
2: you trying to say to me, Ed?
1: <laughs> well you've got a wonderful career as an actress and you do some I'm consultation for
2: something new is that what you're saying That's right. <laughs> okay.
1: And third and most important if there's somebody in your life if your family, your friend that has been touched by cancer that has contracted cancer let's say be there for them, be willing to listen to what they're going through, ask them how they're doing and give them some support. And tell them where to go to get additional support, places like WeSpark. Whatever town you're in, I'll bet there's a cancer support center near you. So be there for them in person or on the phone if they're living cross-country. And then, of course, make sure that they know that there's help available. Well, folks, that's it for this episode. Thanks again for listening.
2: And remember to tune in next week for another fun conversation.
1: Do a little, do a lot. Just do something today and tell us what you did.
2: We'll be back next week.
1: Bye. Thank you to our executive producer, Tim Street, and producer Emma Kikuchi. This podcast is a production of Authentic. For more info and advertising in this show, visit AuthenticShows.com.